0: to be a part of that. Uh, We are so glad to be a part of stories like that. And if you are new here, if you're visiting, or if if this is your first time, or especially for those of you who are kind of experiencing God's stuff for the first time, we are so glad you're here. And I'm glad you're here to see this. Uh, And I know that this might be a little strange for some of you to see. This isn't something you see all the time when people go into water and get dunked. You don't see it at the uh, spa or at the beach or something, you know, when you go to swim at the pool. Uh, But we're so glad that you are a part of what we see. See baptism here for us, it is a unique thing that we do in the Church of Jesus Christ. That's what we do here. It's, it's just like Tim said, is a huge step uh, for people who love Jesus and who are declaring their allegiance to the Savior of their life, the Savior of the world. And it's just uh, so awesome to be a part of. And they do it in front of people. They do it in front of strangers and family. Uh, And I always want to put this in front of us. I I want us to really be clear on this. Uh, So I I look back since last year, just since last June, so June to June, uh, and we should always be excited about this. Uh, Just in the last year, we have baptized 55 people here at River Ridge Church. I just think that's something to celebrate. That's, That's what it's about. That's what this is about. I mean, if you're a believer in Jesus and you can't celebrate like that, I mean, come on. This is what we're doing. This is what it's about these stories that we get to encounter every one of these is a story and if you're here and you're wondering i know some of you might be wondering is is change possible can god change my life he can and these folks right here will say absolutely he can change your life it can happen it's a good day to be here it's also uh, a good day to be here because we're starting a brand new series for this summer. We're going to be a, over the next seven weeks in a series in the book of Genesis, the very first book of the Bible. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, and you go ahead and grab those and open them up to Genesis chapter 37. That's where we're going to be here this morning. Uh, but before we start, I want to ask a question to you uh, to get thinking about as you're opening up there. And here it is. How would you respond? How would you react? What would you do? In any situation, if you knew, without a doubt, that God was with you. We all have situations, I think, that we wish were different, right? All of us could probably say that. Maybe, uh, for some of us, it's in that job that we have right now. Or maybe just it's kind of a dead-end thing, and we're just like, man, like, just having a struggle. Or maybe it's in the lack of job, or maybe you got laid off. Maybe... For some of us, what really changed the course of things is just a phone call or even maybe a a piece of paper. What do you do though when you know God's with you? Maybe your marriage isn't rainbows and butterflies, right? There's some dysfunction, maybe there's some hurt, there's some things going on there, and you're wondering, you're worried in your marriage. Maybe for some of us students here, you didn't get in that school you wanted to. You didn't get there. Maybe for some of us that financial thing didn't work out or the money thing's not happening or you have a moment where you just want to hit that panic button of life. What would someone who knows God is with them do? Maybe someone did you wrong and you're really struggling through that. The word justice comes up time and time again to your head, right? It just keeps popping up in your brain. It's just feeling that you want to get justice. Maybe Maybe for some of us, your circumstances are actually good. Nothing to complain about. You're in a season where there's prosperity or you're finally kicking that last one out the door, right? And you're like, oh, yay!" Maybe that's where you're at. And the question's the same. What would you do? What would someone do who's going, going through exactly what you're going through? If they know for certain, for sure, their mind is set that God is with them. Is it what you're doing, what you do? Well, we're going to be in a story this summer exploring that question. That's what we're going to be going. And this question is really important because it's a question that God wants to lead us to in order for us to take steps of faith with him. We're going to meet a guy named Joseph. And we're going to be walking through this amazing, incredible story over the next seven weeks. We're going to see this unfold. It's a great story. I think it's such a great story because what we're going to see is we're going to see the span of his life from the age of 17 all the way until he dies. And I think that's what makes this such a good story because we're going to see in this life, as Joseph's life develops, we are going to see him hit rock bottom, despair, and rejection. We're also going to see him find prosperity, incredible prosperity and there's going to be a time where he has an opportunity with his brothers that some of us wish we had with other people and we're going to see an answer and there's going to be a lot of other things going on in between but with these three major areas markers of his life we're going to see the answer to the question what would someone do if they knew without a doubt God was with them this is the story of Joseph and I think as we go into this we're going to find our story in here too. So let me set the stage uh, for this series. Genesis 37 is where we're going to be. And if you're new to the Bible or stories of the Bible, uh, when I say Joseph, we're not talking Mary and Joseph, uh, mom and dad of Jesus. This is a totally different Joseph. In fact, this is way back in time before Jesus was ever born. This is before the Bible was even the Bible. There's no Bible. In fact, there's no Ten Commandments where we're going right now. This didn't happen yet. Moses isn't born yet. We're way back here. We're going to run into a guy named Abraham who God encounters in a unique way and tells him you're gonna be the story of redemption and you're gonna be the story that leads to Jesus being born. Then we see Abraham have a son named Isaac and then Isaac has a son named Jacob and Jacob has a son named Joseph. So we're really in the story in the beginning of the beginning almost with the story of redemption and God and his people. And see, here's the thing. Abraham, he had a story to tell. He had a story to tell his son and his grandsons because, again, there's no book, there's no no writings. These are stories that people have of a a unique and vivid and real experience with the God of the universe and what they did. It was clear to them, this is God. And so we had Abraham with a story where he cut these animals in half, split them in half, and he saw God walk through these animals to make a covenant, an agreement with Abraham. He had a story to tell about God and seeing that experience. We had Isaac who was able to tell a story about his dad who took him up to this mountain and he was about to sacrifice him that that's what he was about. But then he heard this voice stop Abraham from killing him. He had that story to tell. Pretty amazing. Then we have Jacob, Isaac's son, who had a limp. He, he kind of walked with a big limp. And he had a story to tell about that limp to his sons and his, and his family. That, that one day, this is crazy, he wrestled God. Could you imagine having that story? Why do you limp? I wrestled God. Like that's a crazy story to be able to tell. See, that's this family. That's what God's doing right now in this time. This is what's happening. There are personal accounts, you've got to catch this, of an intimate experience with the God of the universe. Now, enter Joseph, Jacob's son. He's the youngest of 12 brothers of Jacob. 12 sons of Jacob, Uh, and his dad Jacob loved Joseph the most. He loved him so much, and we're going to see that God chooses Joseph just like his dad and his granddad and his great-grandfather before him. He will have this unique access to God like nobody else will have because God's going to communicate to Joseph through these dreams. So right now, where we're at, Joseph kind of has a lot of stuff going for him, right? He has a lot of things going. So let's pick this story up in Genesis 37. Let's begin uh, in verse 1. And if you are a a note taker, I want you to notice I actually have points on my outline. So are are you happy with me? I have points. Like, I don't know where to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, now, here's the thing. All right, don't clap yet. You're going to think I'm not going to get there because we're not going to get to him until the very end. You're going to be shaking your pen, like going, there's points, Andy. We're going to get to him, okay? I got them for you. I got you, man. Like, you note takers are so excited, I know. Uh, okay, so let's go ahead and pick up the story because here's the thing. A lot of stuff going for Joseph right now. Things are going to take a drastic turn pretty quick here in the story. So let's read a little bit here, verse 1. Here's what it says. It says Jacob lived in the land of his father's sojournings in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was pastoring the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to, his, to their father. Now Israel, that's the same name for Jacob. Jacob was Israel. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a robe of many colors. So now some of us right now are kind of connected. We're like, oh, this is the the robe guy. So he made him a robe of many colors. But when the brothers saw that their father loved him more than all of his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. All right, so here's, this is our introduction to Joseph and it could be a little better for him, okay? Just saying, it could be a little bit of a better report of an introduction to him. What we're already finding out here is that he's not only, is he the favorite among the other 11 brothers, which means he's probably a little spoiled, just saying, but he's a snitch. And then, you know, for me, I know what snitches get. I'm just saying, he's a snitch. Joseph's the kind of guy that he sees his brothers and he's like, I'm telling dad, I'm telling dad. Anybody have a, anybody, arms up? Who had a brother and sister like that growing up? Come on, show me. Who had that? Man, some of you did. See, I did, and I was lucky. I was really, really lucky. We didn't have that. Uh, My brother is two years older than me, and uh, man, we really, we got along pretty well. We were very, very different uh, growing up. I I would say that I probably, we both, both made a lot of bad choices. I'd say I made a whole lot more than him. He might say the same thing. I don't know, but here's what we knew. We were solid. We never hold on we were like one love like we were like saw we did not snitch on each other we just didn't do it that's who we were so some of you right now can resonate with this story a little bit with the snitch right some of you I don't got that some of you are like I know exactly what these brothers are feeling like right so this is where not a lot of good camaraderie going on right here right now with Joseph and his brothers right and yes here's the thing I do notice this that it said Jacob's wives. Plural, as in he had more than one wife. Okay, now, by the way, he actually, Jacob had four wives. Four wives, this is what was going on. So my first thought, honestly, is four wives. What could go wrong? Like Honestly, that's my first thought. I'm just saying, by the way, if you're here and you're, you know, maybe you're a little bit of a skeptic. Maybe you're here and you read stuff like this, and, and you come across things like this, like polygamy, uh, or maybe things like slavery. And you come across these things, and you're like, man, this is, this is why I don't, I'm not sure, because does, does the Bible condone it? Does the Bible uh, endorse this kind of stuff? And then what happens is you kind of throw everything out. Now, listen, gang, we don't have to do that. We really don't have to do that. Just because the Bible talks about it, listen, you gotta catch this, does not mean that that's what God wanted for his people to do. Just because the Bible mentions it doesn't mean that was what God wanted us to do. Here's the thing. What it does mean is that people don't make the best decisions, even people of faith. That's what it's saying. That's what this is getting at. We don't always make the best choices, even if we're chosen by God. The Bible doesn't endorse it. You gotta catch this. The Bible doesn't endorse it. It just makes a record of, of it, okay, so we can do this, we can read this, say, well, you know, I don't think the Bible is endorsing it, it's just saying, making a record, and if you need, uh, if you see, if you read about guys here who have multiple wives, I'm just saying, read here, you'll see problems, problem, 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 not only just in uh, that relationship, but in their whole family, you'll see problems when you see this kind of stuff happening. Okay, so Joseph, here's Joseph, right, younger son, favorite son, right, he's got the bedazzled jacket to prove it, right, right? And so here's where he's at. Not really, uh, you know, brothers are kind of miffed. Actually, the brothers are not that miffed. It says they hated him. I mean, that's strong. That's strong. Think about it. Little family dysfunction going on right here. Now, God's gonna come in. So maybe this is why God comes in. Maybe God is gonna help Joseph mend the fences with his brothers. So let's see what happens in verse five. Maybe Joseph can mend the fences here in verse five. Now, Joseph had a dream, and when he told to his brothers, they hated him even more. All right, something wrong happened here. That did not mend the fences. Okay, what happened? Okay, here's the next six verses. Okay, I'm gonna kind of put, you can read it for yourself, but here's what happens. God gives him this dream. And in the dream, Joseph sees clearly that his brothers one day are going to bow down to him so that he is gonna be a ruler uh, over his brothers. And so here's my question. I ask you, what do you do with this information if you're already not very popular among your much older brothers, by the way, I mean these guys are in their 30s and 40s. We're not talking young men here. So you're already not that popular. Your dad's favorite, right? They're, they're mad, and you're a snitch to boot. What would you do? Well, Joseph tells them the dream. That's his decision. I'm going to tell these guys. So he goes, "Hey guys, get this. Catch this, guys. Uh, I dreamt that you bowed down to me. Pretty sweet, right? Let's see what they say." Okay, let's, keep, let's see what they say. Verse 8, his brothers said to him, are you indeed to reign over us? or Are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Okay, so let's stop and talk for a second about Joseph. Okay, so far for Joseph in the vision department, he's gifted. He's got a gift, clearly a gift from God. But in how he should handle it, he's asking for a beating. I mean, right, he's just not doing real smart things here, talking to his brothers about this. He so, okay, so now we'll get my, so he sees their reaction. He's reading their faces, not going to make that mistake again. Let's go verse 9. Then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers. I mean, seriously. This dude needs some help. He needs to understand how to read a room. I'm just saying, like, what he needs to understand was well, he needs some help here. And the dream is the same dream. In fact, not only is it the same dream, it's more than his brothers bowing down to him. Now he sees his mom and dad bowing down to him. Tells his brothers again. I mean, he's, he's a moron. I'm just saying, like, he's like, well, and so now his dad Jacob catches wind of this. And so the only guy who's really in Joseph's corner here, the only person on his side tells him, listen, son, you you need to be quiet. Like you, just saying, be quiet. But check out here, check out verse 11. This is really something to catch. Here's verse 11. It says, and his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in mind. That's a weird thing, isn't it? That, that J- Jacob kept this these dreams, this vision, these things in mind. Well, honestly, if you know Jacob, and if you know the story, if you remember, see, he had some visions too. It's not so weird that he kept that in mind. See, God did the same kind of stuff to Jacob, and so Jacob's thinking, whoa, Uh, I'm keeping this in mind because maybe God has something in store for Joseph. Not right now because he's a moron, but he kept this in mind. Jacob kept this in mind. So life goes on, okay? Life goes on. His brothers are in the field. They're shepherding and they're doing that thing. Not Joseph, he's not doing it, you know, because that's Joseph. He doesn't have to work, I guess. Just to add a little bit more animosity here, so apparently he didn't need to be out there working. But dad decides he's gonna send Joseph out there to check up on his brothers and just see how they're doing, maybe snitch a little. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, and so he's gonna do that so he puts on his glitter coat you know that's who he is he just puts on his glitter jacket you know he's like I'm the man I'm the number one so he does that uh, and he goes to check up so let's pick this up here in verse 18 all right ready here's what it says verse 18 so he's on his way to see him they saw him from afar now, stop here. Let's just stop here, okay? Now, come on. You got you to come with me on this because this is what I picture, okay? So it says they saw him from way far away. Now, how is it they knew who it was from way far away? He's wearing the coat. like So here's what I picture. I picture like Michael Jackson moonwalking kind of thing. Like, you know, he's like, hey, man. And they're like, oh, and they see this thing coming, this coat. And they're like, oh, I hate him. Do you hate him? Yeah, I hate him too. Like the, so it's great. They see him from so far away because of this jacket. So now, first, the, here's the thing. This is why. Because they're like, first, he's, he's dad's number one, and he's sh- put it in her face again with his coat. And here's number two with his coat. Here's what they also know. The, think about it. They're like, this guy ain't coming to get dirty with us. He ain't going to come to work. He's coming to spy. Okay, so this is what's going on right here, okay? Just something to think about. We'll see how they handle this. Let's read this again. Verse 18. They saw him, for, see, Bible stories aren't boring, okay? Man, it's a crazy story so far. All right. They saw him from afar, and before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. They said to one another, Here comes this dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we will say that a fierce animal has devoured him, and we will see what will become of his dreams. I mean, that's intense. Joseph's in bad shape, but he's in bad shape. He don't know it yet. He's like walking. He's like, you know, he's like, hey, like, he has no idea what he's coming into. Like, he's in, this is bad. He's, this is bad, right? Pretty rough. Okay, so uh, Reuben, though, he's the older brother. He steps in. Finally, like some voice, because they're like, let's, what are we going to do? Let's kill him. Okay, so let's keep reading here. Let's see what Reuben says. Verse 21. But when Reuben heard it, he rescued him out of their hands saying, let us not take his life. And Reuben said to them, shed no blood, throw him into this pit here in the wilderness, but do not lay a hand on him. So lucky for Joseph, Reuben comes in, the older brother steps in, talks some sense then. these guys, says, wait, hold up, hold up. Now, let's not kill him, um, at least not ourselves. Let's put him in that water pit over there. I mean, after all, he is our brother. I mean, mean, just think about this. This is nuts. Is your family starting to look a little better right now? Just saying, like... We'll come back to Reuben here in a second. We're gonna come back to Reuben in this story because it's pretty important right here. This is a really important uh, point in Reuben's life because what we're gonna see, this was an opportunity to save Joseph, but it's just he didn't go go all the way. And, And he had his reasons, I'm guessing. I don't know why he wanted to save Joseph, but I think he had his reasons. First of all, back there in the day, he's the oldest brother Uh, And so if something really did happen to Joseph, remember, he is Jacob's favorite son, Joseph is. So if something happened, who's gonna be to blame? Old brother, you know, he's like, well, I'm kind of seeing who's gonna get blamed here. Maybe that, regardless of the reasons of why Reuben tried to step in, this was the opportunity, gang, you gotta catch this, to do a God thing, the right thing. But it's just he didn't take it all the way. So they rip off Joseph's robe, Okay, strip him down. They throw him in this deep pit that was kind of on the ground, and it, would kind of, it was a little hole, and it would open up to this huge thing. They would actually try to get runoff and drainage into this hole to, to hold water there. So they dropped him in. It's this huge cavern, but all you only see is this big thing. So they dropped him in there. This is where he's at. This is what's going on right here. Let's keep reading and see what happens. Verse 25. Then they sat down to eat. I'm sorry, that's funny. Like, I just think that's funny. I don't, like, that, what are you doing? i that's, you can't put, this is not what you put in a narrative. Like, when I come across this, think about it, right? Let's drop them in a pit. Who wants sandwiches? And they're just sitting there eating. Think about this. See, guy. when when I read stuff like this, I look at this and I'm like, see, this doesn't fit if you're making something up. This kind of doesn't fit with a story, this weird, strange detail in here, Right? Who would just say that? You know, it just, it's just something that makes me think, man, this is real. This is a real story. And, I, and it's just funny. It's still fun. Maybe it's just for me. I don't know. I just think it's funny. Okay, let's keep reading. Maybe it's not funny to you. This is funny. All right, so then they sat down to eat. And looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing gum, balm, and myrrh on their way to carry it down to Egypt. Then Judah said to his brothers, What profit is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and let not our hand be upon him for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers listened to him. Then Midianite traders passed by and they drew up Joseph and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. They took Joseph to Egypt. All right. So Reuben... He's gone we don't know where he is he's he's gone and he comes back and the other brothers see they sell joseph they sell their brother into slavery that's crazy that's crazy think about it now the rest of the chapter still doesn't get much better Reuben comes back he gets upset he missed his opportunity then they conspire together, because he's gone. They conspire, and they lie to their dad about Joseph. They put blood on his coat that they ripped off of him, showed it to him, acted like an animal, killed him. Then they console their dad. It even says that they who know, they know exactly what. They comfort their dad as he's grieving the death of his son. Again, you're starting to feel a little better about your family, right? Just a little. That's messed up. That's messed up. Back to Joseph, this 17-year-old dreamer kind of left him for a second, right? God's given him this vision. What's going to happen to him? We're just in the beginning here. This is just the beginning with this kid. There's a lot of cover over the next few weeks, and it's going to be a crazy story to see. But let's get to the end of this chapter and see what happens. It's really important to see. Let's read verse 36 here to end up on uh, what happens. Verse 36 here, or verse thirty, yeah, six in chapter 37. Listen, see what happens with Joseph. Says, meanwhile, the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard. So now here's the thing, gang. I came across this a couple times. And this word, meanwhile, it stuck out to me. I don't know if it does you, but it sticks out to me. It's like a clue. That you know what, this all this story is going on, but now there's kind of something different going on over here. There's a different set of things happening over here. Meanwhile. Meanwhile, so I don't think God's done. I don't, in fact, I don't think God's gone, and he may just be starting with Joseph. We're gonna have to stick around to see. Now, I want us to not only see this story Uh, It's a great story, but here's what I want us to say. I want us to see God. I want us to look and see if we can find God in this, and then also to see if God can speak to us. So here are three things this morning as we're kind of wrapping up this story, and we're gonna go back into the story next. We hope you come back and check this out. We're gonna be in chapter 39, but three things that I think are really important to understand this morning through this story, and I think Joseph and his family and God are all gonna speak to us here this morning. So if you're taking notes, here we go. Here we go, get your pens ready. Let's do this thing, right? I'm so excited for you note takers. All right, here we go. Number one. Here's number one thing to think about. Think about, I just want you to think about this stuff as we look at this story. One, understand your gifts so you know how to handle them. See, this one is from Joseph, right? If Joseph were to talk to us a little bit, he might want to tell us this one. Joseph had this incredible gift from God, incredible, that God was speaking to him through these dreams. Not everyone had this. And I think that's why his family couldn't really get it. They didn't get it, because not everybody had this unique thing You know, God told him what the future will be. He runs out and blabs it to his brothers. Probably not a good idea. So then God tries it again, and Joseph runs out and says, guys, I'm gonna be great. And God goes, you need a pit for a while. You need to to go to a pit. I'm taking you to a pit. Here's a lesson. This is a lesson that Joseph learned, and this is what he would tell us today. And some of us have learned it here in this room too. Here it is, gang. See, sometimes God has to remove something from us in order to do something great through us. This is Joseph. Sometimes things need to be shed away a little bit about us in order for a great God thing to happen through us. See, because this wasn't about Joseph, this gift, these dreams. It wasn't about him being great. It was about God, and Joseph needed, gang, to understand that. Now, this is where we come in. This is where we come in. So let me ask you, how are you handling what God has given to you because see we how we handle what god has given to us it's a choice and how we handle the things that god gives us will determine how much god needs to intervene and show us and help us and shape us before the message is it's not about me it's about him and gang some of us have to go through a bunch of stuff because we're just not ready to admit that yet that it's not about me It's about God, this gift, this blessing, this thing that we're good at. It's just easy for us to do. It's all about his name prospering, not my name prospering. You know, a lot of times when we think about our gifts, think about like, what is it that God's given me? You know what? A lot of times, if you just kind of look at how you make your living or what you really see as natural to do, sometimes it's just as easy as that. It really is. It's what you're natural at doing, what you're good at. That's what God blesses you with. But it's just, are you using it? Are you handling it to further God's kingdom and not your own? That's the question. And then with these gifts too, here's the other thing that Joseph would say. Don't be arrogant. Don't don't be like that. Don't be prideful. You could still know God's plan and will for your life and kind of be a jerk about it. And that's what Joseph would probably say if he was here today. I'd say he would say amen to that because he's like, man, you could avoid a few pits in your life if you just do that. So understand your gifts, that's what he would say, and know how to handle them. Two, understand your opportunity because you may not get it back. See, this one here is from Reuben. Like if Reuben were trying to tell us something, hey, I want you to understand something. Man, look at his story. Reuben had this opportunity. He tried to intervene, he almost got there and he threw him in the hole, he said, let's throw him in the hole, let's talk about it later. But gang, catch this, please catch this. There was no later. Do you see that? Later never happened. That was gone. I think about Reuben. And I think about these opportunities. Listen, he could have pulled it off. He was the older brother. They would have listened to him. He was a big dude. They would have listened to him. He had the clout with these guys. He could have just grabbed him and said no and walked him right home. But he just didn't go all the way. He should have taken a stand. He He should have taken a stand. But was it... That he was afraid of what his brothers would think about him. Was that it? Did did he just give into to the pressure? Was he afraid of looking soft? Gang, we don't know. Like, we don't know what was going through his mind. But here's what we know. There's a story that he's telling us here. Gang, here, listen. Listen. There will be a time and a place for a God thing to do in your life. I guarantee it. And some of them, not all of them, but some of them, If we don't do this God thing right here, right now, it will go away and you'll never have that chance again. You won't have that chance again sometimes. To do the right thing, the God thing, sometimes it's a risk, right? Sometimes it's not what everybody else is doing. Sometimes it looks a little different. But gang, are we more concerned about what people will say or about what we know is right? Are we? Because some of these opportunities will never come back. Are we more worried about how we look or how God looks through the opportunity we can take? I think Reuben would tell us this today with these opportunities because his never came back. And for the next 20 or so years of his life, he's regretting this. Three, understand your meanwhile because you may get it to find some hope. It may give you some hope. And this one's from God. This one's from God. I mean, let's go to Joseph again. I mean, things so far are not so good with Joseph, right? I mean, he's rejected. He may as well be dead as far as his brothers are concerned. He's treated like a piece of property. He's sold. He's sold. He's going to a foreign land. Later on in the story, we're going to see he's misrepresented, he's falsely accused. He's in prison. He's abandoned. We'll get into that here in the next few weeks. And for a gang, catch this, for the next 13 years, this is his life. And here's my question with Joseph. Where's God in this? I mean, if God picked him, let's remember, he's God's guy. He's the one that's going to lead Israel. He's showing him. If he's God's guy, is this how it goes? Is this what really happens? See, this kind of messes with us, doesn't it? This kind of messes with our theology of God picking us for great things, right? Messes with us a little bit. Man, if I'm chosen by God, shouldn't it be good things that happen? I mean, that's what should be happening. Good things, not bad things. Ever have a day like that? Or a week? Or a decade like that? Where things just are upside down. You didn't see it coming You just didn't see it coming. Maybe it's right now. For some of you, gang, here's the thing. I know for you, it's right now. I know some of your stories right now. I know what some of you are going through. There's hurt and pain and confusion. I want to go one more place. This is where we're going to start next week. Let's go to chapter 39. It's really important to see. Let's go to chapter 39 here. And let's go to verse one really important to see let's read here real quick it says now joseph had been brought down to egypt and potiphar an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard an egyptian had bought from him the ishmaelites who had brought him down there the lord was with joseph okay i want to stop there god was there He was sold as a slave and God was there. He was rejected and stripped from his clothes and God was there. He was in a foreign place and God was there, rejected by his family, not going the way that he thinks it's going. And gang, some of you need to hear this today. God was there. The Lord was still with Joseph. This is so key, this is so key. If you're in a place this morning or a circumstance right now that's really hard, you feel like you have the weight of the world on your shoulders, or if you're struggling, you're struggling to find answers. I want you to see the word meanwhile. I want you, my prayer is that God shows you meanwhile today. Because look, guys, Joseph's position never changed. He was God's guy. He's going to be this future leader of an entire nation of people. But I want you to catch this again. There was a meanwhile for him. Through all the circumstance, through all this stuff going on, I know that some of you can't see it right now or know it or even understand it with your circumstance. Maybe right now it's hard, but listen to me. There's a meanwhile. God is up to something. He's not gone. He's there with you in it. Listen, God didn't cause it, but He will be there to help you through it. And He loves you. And He will never leave you. Never. Never. So, what about Joseph? We don't know yet, right? We don't know. He, he kind of didn't say much after the pit. Maybe he did learn a lesson so far. Like, right, here, yeah, we didn't hear him say much after that, right? So we don't know. Uh, so we're going to have to pick this story up again next week, and he's going to be in Egypt, and we're going to see where the story, that's what we're going to pick up. So I ask again what I asked in the front of this message today. What do you do? How do you react? How do you respond to your situation if you know God is with you? Maybe it can change some things in your circumstances today. Let's pray together this morning. I know there are some here, this is hitting you, I just, this is hitting you in a way because you are in this circumstance, you're in this place where you don't have a lot of answers, you're confused, you're asking these questions, and I just want to tell you, he loves you. He's not away from you. He is so close to you. He is so close to you. God, we love you. We know you do. There are some here who really want to latch onto that, but it's really hard. Will you help them? Help them feel that you're with them. Give us the insight. Give us your wisdom to know that you'd never leave those who you love. And you love all of us. So help us to embrace that. Help us to see. Give us some wisdom to embrace that and know it. And for those of us who are struggling right now, just help us see you. And we pray for all of this in the hope that you give us. Help us see this hope that you have for us in Jesus too. Amen. Amen. All right, we'll see you back next week. We're gonna be in Egypt with Joseph. Don't miss it. We'll see you next time.